Hidden Horizons, The Art of Hiding by J. M. Corbett. One, the body. The child did not feel hunted. The child, a boy, knew that someone somewhere nearby was hunting him, but they had little to no chance of trapping their prey. Belief in himself was what the boy felt, as he had always felt self-belief. If this was a game, then it was a game with his rules, on his territory, using his forfeits. Even though the thieves and the cowards and the fools far outnumbered the boy and his sisters, he was still confident, and he was still furious with them. These thieves and cowards and fools had taken so much from him, as if it was theirs to take. The boy hated them all for it. Well, not all of them. Some of them were worth saving. The boy glanced back at the doorway through which he had just emerged. It pulsated around the edges with chasing patterns of light and colour slowly beginning to peter out. Would anyone else come through? Would he be ready for them? He caressed the hilt of the knight for reassurance, but, far from comforting him, it simply made the boy shudder. Hide, he said aloud. He smiled and shook his head. Peering around the cottage of the chief thief, the boy took in the rough plaster walls, the timber beams, the various doorways and the stack of dull paintings by untalented artists. Although it was familiar, he had visited this place before, the cottage was not safe here for the child. Already he experienced the pull of home and of secure hiding places, like a dog leash dragging him back. Anyway, the child found the house blared of him, the chief thief, and his dim imagination. The boy wanted to torch the place out of existence. Then he spied the body. The body was there too? The child had not expected the body. It did not frighten him. He was merely taken aback for a few moments by finding it there. Of course, the body would have been invisible to most, not simply because of the darkness. However, the child could just make out the flickering outline of the feeble form, though the figure of the corpse was fading even to the boy. Why had they brought the body to the cottage? To keep it away from him? The boy had no interest in the body now. As soon as the life force had ebbed from it, the body had lost all of its fascination for him. Well, nearly all of its fascination. Death was always intriguing, wasn't it? The child ventured forward. Home and hiding places were relentless, tugging him back like the attraction of magnetism, but it was vital that he overcame their influence. Beneath the table upon which lay the body, the boy located some powdered white paint. White seemed fitting. Tapping the little tub, he sprinkled the pale particles over the still face below, grinning as he witnessed the flurries landing like snow and finding form from the empty air. Little by little, the luminous dusting settled onto the contours of the face, and then the features themselves shimmered into view. At first, the boy found it hard to distinguish the various parts of the dead face, but as the powder frosted the mounds of the cheeks and chin, as well as the plane of the forehead and the slopes of the nose, finally, drifting into the rigid lines and crevices representing pain and age, two blank domes of eyes stared back at him, and the whole face was an expression of dread, maybe agony. The child found it pleasing. 
The older man was just as he'd left him. Betrayer, the boy exhaled, breath blowing a blizzard of white powder paint from off the face and all over the large desk. The dead face vanished back into the empty air. Through the cloud of white dust, the boy's attention was drawn to a doorway in an out-of-the-way corner of the cottage. Unlike the numerous other doorways leading off from the room, festooned around this one were sketches of a family. A sickly-looking man with a baby, a woman hugging two older children, a boy and a girl, both around ten years old, a line drawing of the same girl looking thoughtfully as though she either writes or sketches, the man again, not looking so sickly this time, play-wrestling with his son, the faces of the mother and daughter in a tight, smiling embrace, all five of the family, mother, father, daughter, son and baby, posed but looking natural, appealing. Beneath this last picture was the label, the Elliot family. Elliot, the name of the chief thief, a whole nest of Elliot's. The boys scanned the other sketches and found one of the mother and daughter embracing. In fate writing underneath the faces, he read the names Emma and Nan. Nan Elliot. The child took out the drawing it had stolen from the dead man's home. It was a pencil sketch for family about to enter a cave on a beach. The boy had added some improvements, but he ignored these and ran his pale finger down the picture towards the signature. Nan Elliot he said out loud in an inquisitive smile on his face. Almost instantly, the smile wilted and died. The cottage was now suffocating and the boy's body felt the reluctance becoming a resistance, weakening him moment by moment. His sisters would be desperately seeking him and he would have to leave soon. Then there was movement and colour at the edge of his vision. Through the stone walls of the cottage, the boy glimpsed the approaching human figure as a jet of colours and recognised it immediately as the chief thief. The chief thief. The chief Elliot was on his own. The boy almost giggled with delight. Submerging into a dark corner, the child allowed his body to take on the tone of shadows. The door to the cottage scraped open. There was the man. The chief thief shuffling over the threshold with his ancient ugly looks and his grubby paint-stained clothes and his pathetic expression of grief. Killing him would be an act of kindness, a mercy. The man, Elliot, removed various objects from the deep, wide inside pockets of his great coat and placed them on the cluttered desk. Several objects were still in his hand or under his arm when he stopped, froze, and then trailed a finger across the surface of the desk and examined the white powder between thumb and forefinger. A curious frown washed over his face for a moment, but the man Elliot soon dismissed all suspicions. He reached out for the head of the invisible body on the table and caressed it gently. What do you know, old friend? The chief thief squatted down to address the body. Hidden in the shadows, the boy began to glow with rage and pleasure. The boy loathed the figure before him. What better time to finish off the man Elliot than when he conveniently had his back towards the boy and was meekly, invitingly crouched down before him. Finding it appropriate that the blade was the dead betrayer's weapon, the boy slipped the knife from its sheath. Its crystal blade glinted and flashed different colours. Victoriously, the boy stepped forward. No! All sense of triumph vanished instantly. The boy suddenly spotted what the chief thief was still holding. How did he find it? How did he know? Did he know? 
terror possessed the boy. He needed to flee. Watching in panic, the boy could see the chief thief was holding the artefact without any knowledge of its importance. Only that one item had caused the boy fear in recent years. When he could not destroy it, the boy knows he should have kept it hidden. The boy cursed himself. Weakened and alarmed, he fumbled the knife. It clattered to the floor. For an older person, the man Elliot span up and around with a speed that surprised the boy. Pole in hand, flame and crystal as weapons, the man faced his enemy. The boy was trapped. The chief thief must know then. The boy was trapped and so weak, and the man was advancing upon him, his face just as furious as his own. What right had the man to be furious? The old man, the old betrayer, deserved his death. A last effort from the boy, a surge of blinding light and colour that masked his movements. He struggled towards an escape. It was dangerous, it was unknown territory, but it was his only chance. The man Elliot, Adrian Elliot, was knocked on the floor. He recovered quickly and was up on his feet again, ready for the attack. All around Adrian Elliot were light and colour, glowing like the blasted remains of a shattered star. But the boy had vanished.